0: The Minnesota Wild make it three wins in a row as they beat the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of 5-3. to And for the Wilds, congratulations. You beat a team ahead of you in the Western Conference, a rare occasion so far this season, but a lot to take away from this game. Matt Boldy had a huge performance in this one. Marco Rossi back on the score sheet. Let's break down a big win for the Minnesota Wilds on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Let's fire it up. You are locked on wild postcast part of locked on Minnesota on the locked on podcast network. Your team every day. The Minnesota wilds pick up a five to three win over the Vegas golden Knights and tonight's locked on wild postcast is officially in session. Good morning, everybody. Seth Topol with you here as the Wilds putting together a uh, nice five to three win over the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, there's a lot to like from this game. Uh, Matt Boldy had one of his better, if not best, games of the season. We saw Marco Rossi get on the shore seat uh, score sheet in this one. Um, it, there just was there was a lot to like. About what the Wild were able to do, and as we have been asking for quite a long time, the Wilds pick up a win against a team in front of them in the Western Conference standings. So, for those that are still in team postseason, that was something that we have been clamoring for for a long time. It's still a very tall road to hoe, but I. I want to talk a lot about what we saw from Matt Boldy in this game tonight because, you know, Wes Walls talked about it a lot in the broadcast here tonight that he thought we have seen a little bit of a turn the corner game for Matt Boldy in being able to be one of the key contributors for this team as opposed to. You know, somebody trying to set plays up every time he's got the puck. And for Boldy tonight, statistically, just really no way to dissect this other than just a really strong game. He had a goal, two assists, seven shots on net. Um, I believe he had 16 shot attempts in this game. Uh, Played 18 minutes and three seconds. But again, just looked like a shoot first guy every time he had the puck. And this is something that we have been asking for for a long time is to just you're not going to be able to be you're not going to be able to be a goal scorer every night. There are going to be some nights where you don't find the back of the net, but you increase your opportunities to be able to score. By shooting the puck way more frequently, and I, he honestly he may have been listening, Boldy, because he talked about it in the post game with Kevin Gorg, that there have been no passengers for the Minnesota Wilds over these uh, these last three games, and that is a phrase that I I seem to recall using quite a bit, uh, recently is you know passenger minutes. And so maybe it's starting to kind of finally hit that, hey, I need to have an impact on this game other than simply existing, simply skating, simply getting that cardio. I think a large part of it is just the uniting of Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov on that top line. And how ironic is it that Marco Rossi scores the moment he is put back with some actual playmakers and not just on the third line to be um, part of that unit? Uh, It just, there was just a lot. And honestly, I'll like, I I will kind of pivot to this. I loved the way that the Wilds attacked Aiden Hill in this game. Aiden Hill is a big goalie. That was also discussed quite a bit in the broadcast. I loved the way that the Wild got him moving from side to side. It led to both of the early goals. You had Kirill Kaprizov freezing Aiden Hill in front of the net, and then he passes to Matt Zuccarello, who's able to take advantage of the wide open net. Then you have Matt Boldy making a play to Jewel Erickson Eck with Aiden Hill completely out of position for the easy tap and goal there. And Matt Boldy, after Aiden Hill comes out of the nets to play the, play the puck, is able to tap it in for his goal. Like, if you are looking for a blueprint as to how to attack a pretty big goalie pretty good goalie the wild did that tonight and so kudos to uh kudos to the wild for sticking to their game plan and being able to actually like see it play off as opposed to just continuing to try to pepper shots from the uh the outside of the zone Uh, again to reiterate even with loving what i saw from matt boldy tonight um uneven game for Philip Gustafson in this one. And I know the first goal of the game is as fluky as they it's as fluky as they come a uh, shot that deflects off of Brock Faber up over Philip Gustafson and in there's nothing you can do about that. But beyond that, those other two goals that the Vegas golden Knights scored Uh, not great. And so he clamped down at the end, obviously like he was much better in the, uh, the final several minutes in the third period, but those goals that uh, those second and third goals that Vegas scored, you'd love to have those back. Um, Also, we better give a shout out to Brock Faber who now Is tied with Connor Bedard in the rookie scoring uh, points um, metric. He has as many points as Connor Bedard, and from the sounds of it, Connor Bedard is still going to be wearing the non-contact jersey, probably for the uh, probably for at least the rest of this week. And then maybe, just maybe, he'll be getting back into game action uh, shortly thereafter. So as long as Brock Faber continues to do what he has been doing, he could build himself uh, a little bit of a cushion uh, in terms of rookie scoring before Connor Bedard comes back. But again, Faber just... Just your standard Brock Faber game, two assists, 26 minutes of ice time. He had two blocks, he had a hit, and uh, he played two minutes on the power play, six minutes on the penalty kill because the uh, the wilds had to try to fend off this Vegas power play five times. And hey, they did that. So, again, this is this is exactly what the Wilds need to do if they're going to capitalize on their 5% odds to make the postseason right now. They need to continue to win games like this. But I guess my question is, the effort level, the battle level, and maybe it was maybe it was because they were in Vegas tonight, the effort level and the battle level looked great. In this game. Why have there been so many instances this year where it just doesn't like if the wilds play like that, it's tantalizing enough for you to be led to believe that they can contend with the rest of the Western conference, but we just have not seen this consistently for as many of these types of Of games that we've seen from the wilds we've seen what could happen in wednesday's game against the coyotes where they just they get rocked six nothing like the last time the wild played arizona and we went into that game saying you never know and look what happened so that that has been that has been the most frustrating thing i think about this team um is that they just continue to two steps forward, two steps back, one and a half steps forward, two steps back, and so it, it, at this point it is just win, win your next game, continue to win, but from a greater good perspective, um, that was. That was very much the take charge game for um, for Matt Boldy tonight. Let's let's get some more of that going forward. Like, let's get a few more of those types of performances going from Matt Boldy. We got Marco Rossi getting a goal. And again, the Marco Rossi goal, just textbook Marco Rossi this year as he just goes to the Nets. Aiden Hill has trouble with the puck and Rossi just continues to, to jam away at it and gets the goal. That has been a Marco Rossi staple all season and he gets rewarded. It's no coincidence that he gets rewarded for it. It's also no coincidence that he scored because he had Matt Zuccarello and uh, Marcus Johansson with him, but he at least had Matt Zuccarello with him. Um yeah and you know the fourth line had some the fourth line had some good moments uh in this game too so I, I don't wanna I don't want to leave them out in the cold um from a an impact perspective but hey Ryan Hartman two assists tonight uh let's just go through who got on the score sheet here before we pause and we get to your comments. Matt boldy three points. A goal to assists. Jewel eriksson two goals. He is now four goals away from reestablishing his career high in goals. That seems pretty likely to happen here between now and the end of the season. So eriksson two goals. Ryan Hartman had two assists. Gro Kaprizov, two assists. He had six shots on net. He had a uh, hit. He had a takeaway. He had two giveaways. 19 minutes, 47 seconds of time on ice. Uh, after that, Marco Rossi with a goal. Matt Zagorello with a goal. Brock Faber had two assists. Uh, that was it from a scoring perspective. But also, Jewel Eriksson, 15 face-off wins, eight losses. Not bad not uh not bad at all for a Vegas team that is pretty darn good in the faceoff circle. Um that was especially on the especially in the penalty kill. That was um that was mentioned as well that uh the Wild did a great job of winning faceoffs on the kill. So again, a lot of good here in this one tonight, but do it consistently like if you go and you get beat by Arizona you just continue to you just continue to bait the hook and every time there's a bite you pull it back too quick just continue to tantalize without actually furthering it but enough enough for me let's get to your comments on this one tonight, it's late. We're still hanging out. Minnesota Wilds pick up a 5-3 to three win over the Vegas Golden Knights. We will get to your comments as we continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. After this, tonight's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by Sleeper. The Minnesota Wilds continue to navigate the second half of the season. And even though they are outside the postseason picture as of right now, you can still win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially Daily Fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether Minnesota Wild players like Karel Kaprizov, Jewel Eriksson, Matt Boldy, and Brock Faber will record more or less In their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. I'll give you a hint. If you took Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy tonight, you did pretty good because those guys crushed a lot of their projections. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly pick the outcome of eight player stats. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. We discussed the uh, anytime goal scorers for the Minnesota Wild here tonight. Um, Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck, two of the leaders. They scored. So if you went that route, you had a great night, courtesy of FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot today. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Welcome back to tonight's Locked on Wild Postcast. The Minnesota Wilds pick up a win over the Vegas Golden Knights, 5-3 to three, as Denny captain of the comment section gets us started the wild have to go 20 and nine to make the show that's tricky especially with the schedule that we had laid out for the month of February in which I had picked four and seven but hey you are three and0 so far so keep winning and uh keep winning and change everybody's minds. That's that's really all it comes down to for this uh, this Minnesota Wild team. But you lose that game to Arizona coming up on Wednesday night, and you're going to break a lot of hearts because it's Valentine's Day, and then you're just right back to square one. So just, uh, just go get one. Until the greater good sets in, as Bob notes, enjoyed the game. Pylon John just cannot stay out of the sin bin. I... So I was sitting here watching. Um, I have now a second monitor for my setup, so I don't even have to leave my desk to watch games, which is just super ideal for uh, for churning out content. And I was sitting here, and I see that the Wilder have been called for a penalty. And I hear delay of game. And without even looking up, I shake my head. And I just say, John Merrill has done it again. And... You know, as as is noted in the comments, like this might be one of the more active stat lines that John Merrill has had in a game. He played thirteen minutes seven seconds. He was a plus one. He had one block. He did have a penalty, but he also had a hit. And I don't know. i I'm not going to go to bat for the guy because I think we would all just love to see um Declan Chisholm get into that spot because he's young because he can drive the puck he's a playmaker and John Merrill is just not those things like he is at best a liability most of the time and so I guess credit to not being a liability over these last couple of games, nobody defensively really has been, but are you like, if you, I feel like if you continue to roll with that until something goes wrong, you're kind of fooling yourselves, right? We know, we all know what a guy like John Merrill is capable of or Alex Golagoski. We, we know what they're capable of on the bad end. So why would you go with the assumption that we're not going to see those types of performances repeat? It's if you if you hold your hand over a burner on the stove, knowing that you're going to get burned, but telling yourself I'll just wait until my hand gets warm before I move my hands. Like that's on you, right? It's just, it's an outcome that just doesn't make sense to just say, well, they're playing good now. So let's just kind of wait and see how it goes. Like you always know that other shoe is going to drop. And so if you are going to, if you're going to put Chisholm not playing, on the fact that he hasn't had an opportunity to have a full-blown practice, that's one thing. But to throw the merit argument in is where I kind of get annoyed because we are 52 games into the season. 53 games into the season. You know what each player's capable of at this point. Like You're not learning anything new except for the players that you have that you really haven't had a chance to see yet. So I I don't know. I like give, give that spot, give that spot to, uh, to Declan Chisholm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm campaigning for at this point. Um, Mike joining us tonight. Boldy looked fired up. That's what we want every night. Just show up and great things will happen and on the boldy front too like it just seems like boldy is way more impactful when he is firing the puck on the net and is is driving towards the net and is impacting play there like boldy's capable of having impact on the other side of the puck defensively but that's not what he's paid for he's not paid like a Marcus Fellino. He's paid to score goals. And so if he consistently does that, then we we find ourselves having fewer issues with what is going on. And like just look at this for his game log from the season so far. So obviously he had the the yuck start. Had one goal in the first 19 games of the season with Dean Evison. Yikes. Uh, Then he had four goals in a four game span. He had a game against Vancouver in which he didn't score. He then scored in three straight goals. He did not have a goal in three straight games, then had a goal, then didn't, then scored in two straight, then had three games without a goal, then scored twice, then didn't score, then scored two games in a row. Then didn't have a goal until January 25th. And that was a span of six straight games. Then went two games without a goal and now has scored again in two straight. All over the place. And so if you can, like, if you can have a few more of those nine goal months and not have what happened in January where you had five goals, and those five goals came in the span of four games. Like, that's the stuff that we want to try to avoid. And in many of those instances, you're, like, in the game against the Dallas Stars, in which Boldy didn't score back on January 8th, just two shots on goal. That's not enough. I think Lou Nanny said it uh, against Tampa Bay, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Boldy went 16 minutes, 30 seconds without a single shot on net. I think it was Lou Nanny that said, get three shots or more. Or honestly, for Boldy, probably four is a better number. Four shots on net is like your your floor. If you can hit that that if you can hit that as a minimum every game that's going to increase your opportunities of of getting on the score sheet and scoring goals there are going to be games where you exceed that but if you can at least get to that benchmark and not have some of these performances um like we've seen in other big games throughout this season the game against winnipeg on december 31st in which the wild lost 3 to 2 Boldy had two shots in almost 19 minutes. Like, let's let's get rid of some of those performances and try to get his shots per game mark up around three to four at minimum per game. You're going to have performances like this tonight where he's just shooting every time he gets the puck, which is great. But if you can bring that floor up a little bit, that's where we eliminate some of these lulls and look they they mentioned it in the broadcast that boldy still is is in the young column which is true but he, he's he's being paid to be a scorer so go score that's that's as simple as it is and on the nights that you don't score just just rack up some shots, give yourself opportunities to be able to do so um, as opposed to just being a passenger. as he said it himself. boldly said it himself, over these last three games, there have been way fewer passengers. There have still been some, but there have been way fewer uh, than uh, over the last handful of games. Uh, as Mike notes, Rossi looked great too, tracking the rebound like he did glad he was able to pot that and that's that's the default setting in rossi's brain is that if a shot is sent on net and the goalie doesn't immediately cover it up he's making a beeline to the nets and he was able to win a battle with aiden hill for that puck and get it past him and uh, score his 14th goal of the season which by my math trails mr connor bedard by one in the rookie goal um, category, just pulling up the uh, rookie skater scoring numbers here uh, for tonight. And yes, as uh, as Dougie noted, uh, Faber is now tied with Connor Bedard. They both have thirty three points. Marco Rossi is twenty nine, so he is third in the entirety of the NHL from a goals perspective. Rossi is second with 14. He is two clear of Adam Fantilli and Connor Ziri and Dimitri Vronikov of Columbus. So he's two clear of those guys. He is four points back of Connor Bedard, but uh, Brock Faber has vaulted into a tie for the lead from the points perspective. And Bedard is a minus 22. Faber is a plus five. Faber's playing just a tick under 25 minutes per night um out there on the ice. So Bedard has uh eight power play points. Faber has ten. There just are a lot of categories in which even though we have been told that um Bedard is the the chosen one, he's the uh he is the he's the king. He's the rookie king, the one that they want to anoint with the crown. Brock Faber is going to make it a conversation at least. And we'll see what happens when Bedard comes back. But at least for right now, as long as Faber can keep this a conversation, the better chance he has at uh, coming away with the award. It wouldn't surprise me at all, still, if Faber and Rossi are finalists in addition to, um, in addition to Bedard. Wouldn't surprise me if they're both finalists because they just have been so good for uh, pretty much all season. I believe Freddie is on vacation. <laughs> what did Goudreau finish with here tonight? 14 minutes, 22 seconds, one shot that missed the net one shot that missed the net. And, uh, Two face-off wins, one face-off loss. Goudreau played 1422, 44 seconds on the power play, four minutes, 23 seconds on the penalty kill. And if you would like me to go further into this, let's just count. And yes, Goudreau certainly... Offers more on the defensive side of the ice, but in Freddie Goudreau's last 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, in his last 14, 15 counting tonight, in his last 15 games, he has not eclipsed two shots on goal. The last time Freddie Goudreau had more than two shots on net was against Winnipeg on December 31st. That was a game in which Goudreau scored, and he also had an assist and registered three shots on net. Since then, he has had one, two, three, four games of two shots on net. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games of one shot on goal. And he has had zero shots on goal, one, two, three times in that span. I would just like, and I know that third line is is penciled in as the the physical line, the defensive line, the grinder line. But Ryan Hartman played on that line, and he he had three shots, so he's still at least shooting the puck. I, unless for, unless Goudreau is still hurt and that is impacting his ability um to shoot the puck it, i i just i don't see a reason for this type of performance continuing to uh continuing to stack up and this is why i continue to view the Goudreau extension as a problem and probably the biggest of those extensions because it's five years of this for a guy who probably hit his offensive ceiling last year when he scored 19 goals. You're not going to probably get that same level of replication offensively. So now you're paying a guy to give you some good vibes. I, I don't know. I don't know, but as Bob notes, Kojo zero shots on goal, six cough ups of pucks in the offensive zone instead of getting to a shooting position or player, and Johansson had that pretty gross penalty, that interference penalty behind uh, behind the play, behind the net um, on the Minnesota Wild side of the ice while play was on the other side of the net of the uh, of the ice pretty clear cut interference penalty and so you know it worked out it worked out for the wilds tonight that they didn't get burned more than once by the vegas golden knights power play but vegas is not power play wise they're not a, a real concern compared to some of the other teams throughout the um throughout the NHL from a power play perspective. Like if we if we go and take a peek, Vegas is middle of the pack uh from a power play perspective. They're in fact just one spot below the Minnesota Wilds coming into the game. And so that's not a power play that is necessarily going to bite you, but Edmonton coming up. They're 4th in the NHL. Vancouver is in the top 10. Colorado at 24%. The Dallas Stars a few spots ahead of the Minnesota Wild. You can't commit those types of penalties. The delay of game high off the glass out of play. You can't commit those types of penalties. You can't you can't impede a guy simply trying to leave the front of the net. And it's a clear cut penalty. Like you can't have those. And we see this team continue to have them um, pop up here and there. As Sam notes, great game from Bolds tonight. Anyone surprised the Duhame check didn't result in a power play? Honestly, I it was it was a it was a good hit by Duhame. Um a hundred percent was expecting that it was going to be a penalty. And was frankly surprised that it wasn't because at that point in the game and with where that happened on the ice, my biggest worry is that you were going to get an official that kind of saw it from his peripheral. Saw a guy go down and just assumed that it was a penalty. But thankfully, the wild did not get bit with that here uh, tonight. And uh, thankfully that was uh not something that impacted the results here in this one. Uh as Alex notes, Aiden Hill was rattled after uh Rossi tapped the uh the puck past past him for the goal cuz then he misplayed the puck on that Matt Boldy that just just gross um high angle goal that Boldy was able to score. Um again, that's all due to the wild being able to actually move Aiden Hill from his spot early on in this game and continuing to attack him um it, it was it was just it was great to see them really attack um a pretty good goalie uh all things considered uh for the Vegas golden Knights as Brandon notes, Gus shows up big but then lets in the softies. He just needs to stay focused all game. And yeah, it you know, I that first one, I'm going to just completely throw out because it that just is that's like a one in a million deflection. Um that led to Vegas being able to score that first goal 20 seconds in. Uh the other two and especially the Mark Stone clapper up high. Um, I, I don't think Gustafson got a really good look at it. And it just it seemed like there were a few others uh, throughout the early part of the game that he struggled to find. But to Gustafson's credit, he did tighten up at the end of the game and made the saves and it mattered. But as yeah, Brandon's right on like let's just that was one of the big staples of last year's team is that the goaltending was able to limit those kind of ick goals to zero to one per game. Now, this year, we're getting somewhere between one and two of those types of goals, and the team just has not been able to, for the most part, offset that by scoring additional goals to win games. If you're giving up two that you would consider soft, this team has not been able to um has not been able to get the equalizer. The separator goal, which was another thing that we haven't seen a ton of this year that we saw at the uh the end of this game. The Wilds go from four to three to five to three. They were able to um or I mean three to two to four to two. They were able to get the Matt Boldy separator goal to make it a two goal lead. That's not something we've seen from this team really recently at all. So that was another uh good sign here in this game. So that was just another impressive part. Again, this was this was an impressive win. And I know Vegas was without Jack Eichel. Um a couple of other pieces that were missing, but it's still it, it's a mostly healthy Vegas team. And it just, we've seen it so many times this year where games like that, you give up that goal to make it 4-3, to three, and then you see the game-tying goal later. And then you lose in overtime. We've seen that quite a bit. And so it was, it was nice to see one of these types of games and so many of the big dogs stepping up to uh, To lead the way was uh, was a nice one. Um, for uh, for this game, anyone heard anything about the rumors of Erickson Eck off to Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, those were great Twitter rumors to. Uh, to see fully squashed by uh, Michael Russo when they first came out. And it's funny because it was Vancouver fans who are trying to install Jewel Ericksonek as like a bottom six center. They're like, well, you know, we need we need a third line guy that can maybe win some faceoffs, and let's let's go get Jewel Ericksonek and we'll give him like a prospect in a mid level uh mid level pick. It's like he's not for sale. So you guys can just continue trying, but uh it's it's probably probably not gonna work out for you. So good luck. And um I would imagine they'll look somewhere else trying to find a guy that can fit that role because Jewel Erickson X off limits. Ian is Eck in the running for the Selkie. He should be, and I think with the fact that now the um, the award will likely be named for him um, at some point down the line with Patrice Bergeron not playing anymore, maybe somebody else can finally win it. Eric Sinek gets enough love as it is for uh, his achievements on the ice. And is just a he is just a pain to play against, and so that certainly that certainly says something about his uh, defensive acumen. And so it it won't surprise me at all if he's in the uh, in the top ten, top five in Selkie voting once the uh, the season is all said and done. Better yet, that's probably a great idea for an episode. To just try to dive in and see who would actually be Selkie trophy contenders at this point in the season. Because obviously there's a lot that has to go into the defensive metrics for this. So uh we'll we'll mark that down and I'll try to see if I can't get a better handle as to uh who else is going to be in the running. Cause you'd think Erickson X should be. Um, so yeah, uh, just looking at some of the other comments here in regards to the magic number of 20 and nine, uh, a lot of people agreeing the wild could play like that because we've seen them at points this year be able to step up and, um, And beat teams in front of them, but we have not seen it consistently enough. And I don't think, I don't think 20 and nine is, uh, I I don't think 20 and nine is possible. So that's, that is likely what it's going to take because at this point in the season, the wilds, what do they have for points? I should have had this ready. The wilds currently are sitting with 53 points. And so 20 wins plus maybe a couple of those nine losses being overtime losses that gets you to 95 points, which is, it seems like the magic number. Um, And I, I just, I think it's a, even with an incredibly easy schedule on paper, We've talked about this at points throughout the season, too. Is it's like it's not an easy schedule if you don't beat the teams that are on it. So we'll see about 20 and 9. I don't think it's gonna happen, but we'll uh we'll find out. Alex asking the million-dollar question. Will Beckham, uh Beckman, excuse me, or Chisholm ever play? <sighs> And okay, so we gave Jake Lucchini a little bit of leeway because he scored. But uh let's let's check in and see how uh, how things are looking for uh, for Lucchini. He played 8 minutes 13 seconds, had one block and one hit. Vinny Letteri played 7 minutes 59 seconds and had Four hits. Brandon Duhame played 12 minutes, 55 seconds as part of the uh, third line. He was a plus one. He did have a penalty, but uh, also had four hits. And he played almost five minutes on the PK. Connor Dewar played nine minutes, 35 seconds. And had one hit and one giveaway. So, combined... For the guys in the third and the fourth line, Duret had zero shots. Duhame had zero shots. Goudreau had zero shots. Lucini had zero shots. Laterry had zero shots. But yeah, continue to tell me that Adam Beckman needs to earn it. He he needs to he needs to really he needs to really get in get an idea for what it takes. At the NHL level, like as Dougie says, it's not rewarding merit. We're rewarding merit uh, mediocrity, and we hear too about like, well, you know, those line combinations they played, they played pretty well, but I, again. Freddie Goudreau had as many shots. Correction. Marcus Johansson had as many shots as Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, Freddie Goudreau, Vinny Lattery, Jake Lucchini combined. Like, yes, by all means if this means that your top level guys are taking a brunt of the shots, that's great, but you can't just rely on those lines. You've got to be able to mix in other scoring from your third and fourth line. Periodically. You can't just say, well, first or second line or bust. And I don't know. It's, it feels like rocket science, your opportunities to score go way way up when you actually shoot the puck but I uh I <sighs> it just it's still all right we've got some merch questions here in the chat is there a Seth t-shirt? <laughs> Uh, not at this point, but, um, merch maybe in the off season, I've got to do a lot of digging into that to be able to, um, to be able to even get something close. And, uh, we did have the custom trade capris shirt that, uh, that was floating around on Twitter. So the trade caprice bit has officially ascended to merch status. That it's actually on a shirt. But um, I'll I'll see what I can get figured out about um, merch because that would be fun to be able to do it. It's just I there there is a lot that has to go into that uh, as well. Uh, Bob, with a friendly reminder to smash the like button for tonight's postcast. And uh, again, hop in uh, to subscribe and follow us on your favorite uh, audio platforms as well. Give Freddie Goudreau a spot on the bench for a hot second um, and let uh, Adam Beckman replace him. Freddie Fender, Freddie defender Dell. So I'll, I'll quickly explain this as I um, finally have kind of caught up to the, uh, the comments. So if you're familiar with the artist who does the minimalist arenas, that's actually what those two are um, is one is of the inside of XL energy center, the, uh, the lighthouse. And the other is the Minnesota Wild logo in minimalist form. Uh, Poot Poot, I think, is his name. Um, those, those are those two. And I'm working on getting others. I'm also working on trying to get so my backdrop isn't like 90 feet behind me. But um, that's that's where the uh, that's where the art comes from. Who is my pick to win the cup? That is a great question. That's one that I haven't previously even really considered because of how far down the rabbit hole we've gone with the uh, Minnesota Wild this season. And so I, if I had to pick, I think I would be most inclined right now to... This is tough because I really like what Vancouver has done this season, but I think it's maybe a year too early for them. I would, you know what? I'm just going to do it just, just for contrarian sake, because it's not, it's not a name that is, I think, being considered enough. I'm going to go with Vancouver. I'm just going to say Vancouver. I love what they're doing. Rick Tockett is great. Elias Pettersson is a superstar. They've got the other components. They've got good goaltending. Can they sustain it down the stretch? Do they add a big piece at the deadline? These are some of the big questions that they're going to have to answer if they are a legitimate contender or if they are a team that gets to the postseason and ends up getting beaten in the first round. Gee, doesn't that sound familiar? So I will say Vancouver at this point, but uh, I reserve the rights to be laughed at for my pick um, because it's probably not going to be right. So we will uh, we'll see on that. Um, we're getting now to the Selkie conversation. Mark Stone will uh, certainly be in the conversation um, Alexander Barkov as well um certainly some names that uh would be in the uh in the running for the Selkie when we get to that point so imagine if they can beat Boston to make up for 2011 Trade Capriz and Boldy. Just kidding. Boldy actually did well today. If only can he can stop fumbling the puck like a might player, that would be great. Yeah, he just he just needs to be aggressive. B E aggressive. And the nights in which Boldy takes a foot off the gas, doesn't attack. Um those nights in which he doesn't attack with reckless abandon are the nights that he usually has a pretty pedestrian stat line. And so if he just can get into the mindset of I got to attack, I got to push the puck towards the net and try to score. If he does that more often than he doesn't, he's going to have a uh he's going to have a great next few years. If he can just be a player that is more on than he's off. That's that's the battle. That's the battle for Boldy, and once he can overcome that, then then the sky's the limit. All right, just looking at some final comments here. The Iowa Wild are tied for fifth in points, still down on points per game though to the Wolves. Yeah, we the Kaprizov Ek and Boldy. Who'd have thought that that line could uh, could look good? Uh, they looked great, and so let's uh, let's see them continue it against the Arizona Coyotes coming up on Wednesday. And speaking of Wednesday, and I'll announce this on the uh, next couple of episodes as well, we are going to do a little Lockdown Wild live. Before the game Wednesday night. We'll do an episode starting probably around 7. And we'll just do a little live stream. Before the game gets started. So you can tune in for that. We'll uh, have questions. And we'll just have some fun. Before the wild. Take on the Arizona Coyotes. In a game that is definitely not going to be a letdown. Because we're, we're fully in. We're fully on the Stanley cup parade is back on after beating Vegas. There definitely is no chance that Wednesday's game ends up being a laugher or a letdown. So we'll go live before the game. We'll take you right up to puck drop. And then uh, of course we'll have you covered throughout the uh, rest of the game as well. But having said that it is one fifteen, And so I think I'm going to call it here for tonight. Uh, Appreciates everybody hopping in yet again here uh, for tonight's locked wild postcast as the Minnesota wild pick up a fun five to three win. we had fun again for once but again it doesn't change the fact that it's still very very tall odds for this team to uh, get into the postseason so We'll keep you covered. Uh, we're going to take a look at some a few things here uh, throughout the rest of this week. So make sure to tune in. Make sure to hit the like button on your way out of town. Make sure to hit the subscribe button as well if you have not already so you don't miss out on any future content from Lockdown Wild. We've got new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.